This week's major spoilers podcast goes out to Raymond Caritas, Daniel Purcell, Eric Steele, Charles Albaugh, and Trevor Iflute. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Zach. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. Zach is back, which means it's time for Earth Fire, wind, water, and heart. Yes, by your powers combined, we are the Major Spoilers Podcast. We're your hero going to take pollution down to zero, fighting on the planet's side and spoilering and spoilering and spoilering. Remember, spoilering the planet is the thing to do. The power is yours! And the Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Welcome to issue 473 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you for downloading this week. A lot of cool things I, to talk about, including who is Jake Ellis. That's later in the show. Things. But first, let us get to some news. Eh, you know, it's a holiday weekend. Hopefully mm-hmm. you guys all had a holiday, good holiday weekend. Ate some food, mm-hmm. did you, Rodrigo? Mm-hmm. Good food? Mm-hmm. Traditional food? Yeah, actually. Turkey and the green beans? And yeah, the... I have a green bean casserole and stuffing okay. and... Mashed potatoes and gravy. Mm-hmm. Jello in a in some kind of a mold with no, possibly no. marshmallows and or carrots floating in it. No, but a, a thousand kinds of pie. Oh, really? Pie. Uh, yes. Pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie. Squash pie. Sweet potato um, pie. Apple pie. Chocolate pie. Apple oh, pie, chocolate pie. Gooseberry pie. Oh, I'm not a fan of gooseberry pie. Uh, I for a long time I didn't believe gooseberries to be real. Oh, we had people. <laughs> yeah. People kept telling me about gooseberries, yeah, and, yeah. I, and I thought that it was something out of the Chronicles of Narnia. In, in my parents' orchard, we have like three giant gooseberry bushes. That right. You just go pick them up all the time. Did you just say in my parents' orchard? Yes. All of a sudden, I'm on a show with Paris Hilton. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, apples, pears, mm-hmm. gooseberries. Mommy and Daddy took us out on our yacht for Thanksgiving. Did they? Well, Boy, you're really lucky. We, <laughs> we <flipped it> around. <laughs> Maybe Matthew, Steven, ma- Matthew doesn't from, have a concept of what living in the country means. Yeah, Stephen's yeah. from Kansas, like, saying things like, oh, out in the old pumpkin patch, or, you know, we took the horses out for a ride. That's not because they're rich. That's because they need that stuff to <laughs> yeah, eat. Exactly. How, how many Orchards years we ate the different. pumpkin I mean, rind? I think orchard, I think like falcon crest. Yeah, I guess you know, just, Stephen's actually from a lot farther east. Yeah, yeah, south than, of Lawrence. Than, than the area around here. So out there, they actually can get orchards. What's really mm-hmm. crazy is, and this just, it's really weird when I go back and it's been, you know, 20 plus years. I've actually lived away from home longer than I actually lived at that home. Right, right. And it's like, I remember when I was eight, I want to say, six, seven, eight, somewhere around there. We planted like just these little saplings, hundreds mm-hmm. of little saplings when the house was being built. And, you know, they're like 12 inches out of the ground. And the ones that didn't get run over or, or survived are now, you know, taller than the two-story house itself. Nice. And, you know, there's probably, like I said, about a dozen or so, so fruit trees that were planted at that time that continue to bear fruit. So nice. right around September, I start getting heaping helpings of uh, real applesauce, nice. apple nice. cider, apple juice, uh, apple bread of some kind. And a couple, Spice bread. and a couple really nasty pears, and a couple. Yeah, <laughs> pears are not my favorite. And then, of course, the gooseberry pies, which mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of the gooseberries. So, anyway, because it was the holiday weekend, we did not uh, have a lot of news come out, but we do have two items that we could discuss. One being Lawrence Kasdan and Simon Kinberg uh, writing and producing 
Star Wars episodes uh, seven and or I'm sorry, eight and nine. And then we could also talk about Calvin and Hobbes strip selling on auction for over two hundred thousand dollars. Let's flip a coin, Rodrigo. Flip. flip the coin of fortune. All right. The coin of fortune lands uh, tails side up uh, with Calvin and Hobbes. This uh, strip, one of the strips, one of the Sunday strips, an original hand colored Bill Watterson, Calvin and Hobbes artwork from 1986 went on the auction block over at Heritage Auctions. You guys haven't checked this out. They sell a lot of original comic book art. They sold the Joe Simon collection. Uh, I want to say like two or three months ago, they had a bunch of artwork from the Simon collection, which was kind of cool. Um, and they just have stuff all the time. When you hear these big million dollar comic book sales yeah. of Batman and Spider-Man and whatnot, those usually go through heritage auctions. And so this, uh, Watterson one came up and the Watterson ones don't, you know, just aren't widespread. It's not like an original peanut strip, which you can pretty much find anywhere. Um, well, this is Calvin and Hobbes. 70 years. Well, Calvin. but you know, his, uh, his heirs were, his wife was for a long time buying up all the original peanut mm-hmm. stuff that she could find so that she could put them into the peanuts museum or something. I don't know where she keeps them at. Well, but and, most and, of Watterson's I mean, collection was donated to, um, what school up there in Wisconsin? I forget which one it was, but, uh, or Ohio. I forget where Wisconsin, Ohio, Ohio somewhere up there, Idaho, where it's whatever. somewhere up there in the great Canada, uh, whatever in the great white, North. Ontario. So anyway, this, uh, this Calvin and Hobbes strip, Brought in a world record price tag of $203,150 on Friday as part of their vintage That's comics. That's more money than Stephen's family arts. spent on the orchard. Well, yeah, I think back then in 1975, I think you could buy those saplings at probably 20 cents a piece. So, yes, a lot more than I probably, they probably spent $20 on those mm-hmm. trees back in the day. The strip was presented by Watterson as a gift to a fellow cartoonist. Uh, Brian Bassett, creator of the popular strip Adam at Home, and Red and Rover, who held it in a special place in his collection for many years, and then he uh, sold it, and it was bought by an anonymous collector. What do you think of that, Rodrigo? An anonymous collector? Yes, anonymous collectors, twirling their mustaches in the back. Mm. (laughs) I just, uh, I I really do just picture, uh, like, Nicholas Cage <laughs> wearing well, wearing, a do- wearing a domino mask. Well, I I see you have a Calvin and Hobbes strip. <laughs> May I buy it off of you? Eighty six. That was and you know, if not, relative, I will steal it. Relatively early in the uh, Calvin and Hobbes run. on the back of it. So uh, I, I guess the big question though is Zach. Yeah. What's up? Do you know who Calvin and Hobbes are? Um, that's the little dude in the back of the truck that's peeing on everything. Right? Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's um, doing he's doing it on purpose. No, no, actually, I don't think he's ever read Calvin. No, Hobbes. Calvin I and Hobbes was never read Calvin. Well, and Hobbes Calvin and Hobbes before. may have done been done before you could even read Rodrigo. When was it done? Ninety eight, something four? like that. No, yeah, ninety, yeah, ninety four, something like that. Ninety five. Sorry, ninety five. Ran from 85 to 95. So, yeah, you would have been yeah. reading it in 95. Uh, at least I hope. Yeah, I was 13 <laughs> in 1995. <laughs> hey, in today's public education system, who knows? Yeah. Why can't Rodrigo read? Uh, so, uh, Zach, do you, do you know who they are? Never heard of them? No, I know who they are. Oh, I've okay. never... Uh, no, I've never read a strip of it before. I've seen them in big books and collected editions, but I've... 
never like, oh, I should read that. I've never thought that in my life, but um, apparently a lot of people like them if it's going up for 200,000 for an original. That's pretty cool. The thing about Calvin and Hobbes is that aside from being a a really good work and and you can uh, obviously uh, opinion on it changes or or varies between being really good and being the be-all and end-all of, you know, strips, comic strips. Right, right, right. has this strange mystique about it because Bill Watterson was very um was kept a very close um guard on everything Calvin and Hobbes. So mm-hmm. the fact that mm-hmm. one strip has like managed to escape his grasp at some point mm-hmm. that really racks up the value because it's possibly literally the only original Calvin and Hobbes yeah, thing he that you do can very, own. Yeah, the only, the last time that Watterson and Watterson pretty much is a, a recluse. No one really knows where he's at. Although right. I'm pretty sure our good friend Brian Dunaway mm-hmm. uh, on one of the shows that he does, maybe Comics Coast Coast, one of those episodes, either he or his co-host uh, actually went to Watterson's mother's home mm-hmm. and just said the walls are covered with, you know. Calvin and Hobbes strips that are right. there. did an interview. This is quite some time ago that this happened several years ago. Um, but uh, it's it's worth tracking down if you can do it. I'm pretty sure it was Brian Dunaway that um, one of his shows. Maybe not. I could be con- wrong. But the last time that he came out to do anything was just recently. He did an original oil painting. I think it was oil painting for um, cul-de-sac of uh, one of the title characters for benefit auction. And mm-hmm. that one went for several hundred thousand dollars. So Watterson, you know, he doesn't merchandise. You know, the Calvin peeing on the on the uh, Ford uh, or Chevy or yeah, uh, whatever, whatever it may be, Denver Broncos right. yeah. or you know, Dallas Those are Cowboys, un- all totally unauthorized. And there was a time there the reports were that he'd get out and yell at people if they if he saw that on their cars. <laughs> really? and say, That's not authorized. But uh, yeah, so finding yeah. these things are pretty rare, and seeing them go up on auction block. And of course, this was one that was, as I said, he gave to. A cartoonist who then just decided to put it up on the auction block needed some money. $203,000, Matthew, or is that something that you would be willing to pay if you had the funds for an original Calvin and Hobbes strip? I'm not an original art buyer, but Calvin and Hobbes is one of the things that I might shell out some coin for. Um, I, To me, I don't see necessarily the point of owning the original art simply because the original art is kind of not necessarily the finished product. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see the point of wanting to. You know, I can see the whole I want to I want to own a piece of this history. But for me, you know, I I'd, I'd rather have, you know, Bill Watterson come and talk to me or maybe get a, you know, a, a really nice portrait-sized thing of of the characters or a a big masterwork book and have the man autograph it. Because that I can go, "Hey, I'm going to go now read 6 or 8 months worth of Calvin and Hobbes." You know, the um the complete Calvin and Hobbes, and I don't have it in this room, but I have it in the Nerd Room of Doom. Um, that thing is massive. Is it? I mean, it is the complete run, so it's about this thick by about, you know, that tall Jeez. by about that deep. And it weighs probably about 50 pounds nice. of pure tree cut down. I mean, the when they unboxed those at our local Hastings back when that was released, you could tell that that was a good-sized sequoia. <laughs> that they had to chop down to to make those those copies, and I'm glad I got that. But you know, those are just the those are just the strips, you know, printed in a book form in the original size. IDW Publishing 
has been doing those master collections, you know, where it's like the raw art um, of like the right, Walt you can Simonson still, you can store. Still see the pencil sketches, yeah, the, the Rocketeer, the the yeah, ink. the Rocketeer series. Mm-hmm. It would be awesome if they could do something like that with Calvin and Hobbes. Not the complete run, mind you, but you know, right. these are the oversized right. as they were original drawn comic book pages. I think I, I would buy right. something like that if IDW could could mm-hmm. track down Watterson and convince him to release, you know. His yeah, top be- 100 favorite strips because Calvin Hobbes ran in a time where you didn't have digital creation of your mm-hmm. of your art. It was still all pen and ink. So if he still has those, just like this original watercolor that went for sale, getting those original scans, scanning those yeah. in, getting the original prints and scanning them in and making a collection, even if it was only 200 pages. And that would be what is it, a four, four page. Yeah, that'd be like 50. That'd be a year's worth of comics, uh, years worth of strips, almost. That'd be mm-hmm. worth. I'd, I'd pay some good money for that. But yeah, you know, there's there's something interesting about having the original art, and it is you know something where you can look at it. And I've got some stuff from Wes Mulbash and and some other stuff, things that he had done, some other original stuff, and and you've got some original mm-hmm. artwork, Zach. And there's something about being able to look at that and say, well, here's the way it was originally done, and here's how it would appear, or here's something that in the case of Calvin and Hobbes, touched so many people's lives, mm-hmm. and now I own that little piece of, of history, mm-hmm. even though it's fleeting. I mean, the, the anonymous donor, uh, uh, fleeting. The anonymous yeah. donor who uh, would only be referred to as Mr. Hotterson. Yes, Nick Cage. Um, no. it's Dill Hotterson, he said his name hmm. was. Um, you know, that person's probably going to try to sell it in a few years or maybe mm-hmm. they'll forget about it or maybe they, you know, something happens to it. I mean, a lot of, I mean, I don't store original artwork in any kind of safe box or case or anything like that. It's just sitting out. So, you just know, if this basement literally flooded. out on the yard. Out in the yard. <laughs> so, you know, if this basement flooded or the house burned down, mm-hmm. there goes all sorts of original art. Oh, yeah. And, you know, same thing could happen here. Or it could Thus get driving the value of the, all the other original oh, art. Yes, up even higher. Maybe so. no, I don't Maybe Bill Watterson was the anonymous buyer. I don't think he'd... I, don't, I think if that were the case, he'd That'd just go funny. back to the seller and say, hey, if you're going to do that, can I just have my yeah. my piece of work back? Yeah. Who knows, sure. though? Maybe. Zach. My name's Zach. <laughs> Man, Matthew's mean to me. I'm on a cruise it's he's, he's, he's jealous filled, is that what it is <laughs> 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 all right on that note uh, listeners uh, if you want to comment on this story uh, head over to majorspoilers.com we have a lot of stuff over there and uh, we're going to take a quick break when we come back we will get to some reviews how to get a major spoilers shout out if you want to get a personalized shout out at the top of the show all you have to do is the following steps number one Visit Majorspoilers.com. Two, click on the Make a Donation button. Three, donate $10 or more to the cause. Four, sit back and relax and hear Matthew butcher your name and say something cute about you. Major Spoilers, bringing the good stuff since 2006. Ah, yes, hello, Youth Club. I am tearing down this whole place and turning it into a dragon fruit orchard. (laughs) Oh no, we got a dance to save. Wait, dragon fruit? That actually sounds totally awesome. (laughs) Can we work in your orchard? (laughs) Can you then infuse it with some tequila? The only thing I know about dragon fruit right now is that if you slice it on Fruit Ninja, you get a crap ton of points. Oh, really? It's good tequila. (laughs) 
No, I didn't know. It was I, know a, about I didn't it. know it was a fruit ninja fruit. It's like what, sometimes you get like a really random fruit that comes past the screen. Like a yeah, glowing yeah. one. Yeah, and you just swipe. It's like dragon fruit, three thousand points. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, welcome back, listeners. Thanks for uh, dragon. Now, fruit. now you know what we talk about during the little breaks. Uh, oh, hey. <laughs> speaking of uh, little things, it is that uh, time of the year where you want to give gifts, and all sorts of gifts can be had, but no gift will mean more to that one special person in your life than a critical hit t-shirt. All five of the characters you've seen the designs before by our friend Thomas Perkins. You can find them over at slashloot.com. You can get it in any color that you want, as long as it's black. Uh, You can get it in (laughs) almost any size. You can get in a ladies version, and it uh, all goes to a good cause, and you get to wear your favorite uh, Randus t-shirt everywhere you go and profess your love for all things critical hit. It's over at slashloot.com. Go and support them. All right. Uh, dragon fruit talking aside, let us get to some reviews. Dragon fruit. Uh, let's go back a week to uh, things that have come out in the past. And let's take a look at two books from Marvel. In the future of the past, Marvel. only the dragon fruit will be. Let us start with Deadpool number two. That's me. That would be you, Zach. Yes. My name's Zach. Hello. Hello. That was weird. Uh, Deadpool number two is the newest, one of the newest books from Marvel Now. And it features everyone's favorite character, Deadpool. Yeah. Who I had never read before Marvel Now. And the only reason I picked up Deadpool number one in the first place is because on the cover, he's jumping into some monster, shooting lots of guns into his face. I thought, that's kind of cool. And they said the writers were different, so I picked it up. I liked the first issue, and it was good stuff. He's fighting some uh, some uh, dead presidents and founding fathers brought back to life. So that was cool. And that continues on in this issue, when actually the beginning of the issue is Deadpool, like... He got shot through the face at the end of the last issue, and so he's dreaming, and he's laying on the beach all weird-looking because his skin's all gross, and all the ladies of the Marvel Universe are trying to get some Deadpool, and they're all fighting over him and fighting over him, and then eventually She-Hulk comes and kisses him, and he wakes up. And he starts teaming up with Benjamin Franklin to put back all the Founding Fathers that are terrorizing the country in their place so America can be awesome once again because they're being brought back to life by George Washington and JFK? Yep, JFK. By the help of some weird wizard dude. It's uh, It's been a... It's actually pretty fun. It's not like the most groundbreaking comic series by far, but uh, it's been interesting figuring out this whole Deadpool character and that he actually doesn't look like Ryan Reynolds that much. Um, <laughs> which was kind of a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, you're the greatest. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's just it's just really fun. I, I think it's really pretty funny. Um, with Teddy Roosevelt fights a bear and knocks him out with a punch. That was good stuff. Um, and Deadpool eventually finds out with Benjamin Franklin that there's only one way to really like put back the founding fathers from where they came. It's like electrocute him, and Deadpool 
uh, gets rammed through the tusk of an elephant at the zoo and eventually is fighting FDR while still tusked and grabs this big thing and lights an elephant on fire to kill uh, Teddy Roosevelt. And then he says, can we talk about the elephant in the room? And they say no, and then he says it's because I'm on fire. And I read this on the airplane on the way back, and I just died laughing because I thought it was... And the timing of the writing is just really funny, and it's just quirky enough and weird enough that it totally works, and I really like it. So the story is really good, okay. I think. <laughs> and Tony Moore does the art, mm-hmm. and it's it's very good, and it's bloody, and it's very very bloody. Uh, it's consistent throughout, which is always wonderful. Uh, I liked it. A lot. I think it's uh, one of the Marvel Now books that completely worked for me because it got me to read a new character, mm-hmm. which is always good for Marvel. And that's that's and how many how many slices of uh, Dragonfly and Fuse Meatloaf are you? Uh, um, I, this one uh, has all has a ten, tinge of a uh, mango also in this meatloaf, and it's it's gonna get three and a half. Slices of that mango-infused dragon fruit meatloaf. Uh, like like I said, it's not like, I, I don't know, some groundbreaking comic book series that's going to revolutionize comics by any stretch of the imagination. It's just uh, a fun read amongst, I don't know, any somewhat heavy reading you might, or your crappy week. There you go. Yeah. While you're sitting on the toilet or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I think this would be a really good time if you had to, like, drink some milk and magnesia and you had to go sit on the toilet. <laughs> oh <laughs> I feel God. like this would be a really good read. Uh, he, you, no. <laughs> you're, you're my new favorite. <laughs> um, <laughs> have you read Have you read Next Wave? No, I've never even heard of it. Okay. Write it down somewhere. Write okay. down Next Wave and check it out later. All right. I'm writing it down right now. All right. And he is writing it down. On his iPad, with his finger. On my iPad. All right, Matthew, let's uh, head over to you. Another title in the uh, Marvel Now series, Iron Man number two. What is this, like volume volume six? Is that what we're on now with Iron Man? Uh, Lord Almighty, this is either five or six. Um, Let's just say Iron Man volume infinity, because they're going to relaunch it in a year anyway. Heck, by the time this actually airs, they probably will have renumbered it as number 700. Iron Man, volume 11D10, number two, written by Kieran Gillen, whom I love and drawn, for some values of the word, by Greg Land. Ooh, so what porn stars uh, actually, oh, you know, they did have that Iron Man porn parody, Mm, and, and that came out before Greg Land took over on Iron Man. So he probably had all the references he needed. See, I'm not entirely sure. I love Gillen as a writer, but he's one of those writers who infuses everything with a very personal sort of voice. Right. And I was a big fan of Matt Fraction's take on Iron Man. And so the voice that he's infusing is kind of a new take, which nothing wrong with that. In fact, on a relaunch, I want it. But I'm bothered by a couple of things in this issue. Essentially, last issue... We found that the woman who invented the extremis, which was a virus that turned Tony into the cyborg and was basically the thing that I believe made him a schmuck during the Civil War, mm-hmm. has been turned into a virus, weaponized and sold around the world. 
And so Tony Stark is going out and tracking down all the extremists. This is very much like Armor Wars from 1987, back when we were Interesting kids. you should mention that. And he's developed a new, quote-unquote, modular armor. Modular. Huh, interesting. And We've seen modular. some modular. Does it fly around and attach itself to him? No. But he actually, he's had modular armor a couple of times before. And in this issue, there's kind of an interesting little thing where a man who calls himself Arthur has gathered a group of knights. And these this group of knights, along with Merlin, Merlin, of course, being their tech guru, have challenged Tony Stark to basically a bet. And say dance off. I was going to say dance off. Please. <laughs> Breaking break three. Now we know the plot to Iron Man 3 and its entirety. Breaking three arc reactor. Boogaloo. Well, I can yes. tell you the biggest problem that I have with this issue is the arc. <laughs> well, it's Greg Land. Tracer extraordinaire. Will be the art because there are only three faces in the book. Are you with me? Yeah. Yes. Did I lose you? No. Okay, my audio went wonky. The three faces in the book are the male face, the female face, and the Iron Man face. So, the main villain, Arthur, looks just like Tony Stark with a full beard. Pepper Potts looks exactly like Merlin with a different hair color. And the Merlin character is someone who I believe may be retconned in, who has a grudge, because at one point she created this awesome force field device to uh, basically use against Iron Man. And she, it was actually as part of a, a trade show. This was her big idea, and this was the thing, and Iron Man destroyed it in five seconds, and so now she wants Tony Stark to die or something. But throughout the issue, basically what we get is Iron Man fighting a bunch of guys in armor, and the guys in armor are wearing extremely generic-looking armor. Problem is, it also looks very much like Iron Man's armor, because the artist of the book is not necessarily particularly good with technology which is exactly what you want on an Iron Man book. But basically, Iron Man fights his way through this new quote-unquote Knight of the Round Table, and every other page we see Iron Man fighting against a new character and telling us about this new character. From a character perspective for Tony Stark, it's not bad. I kind of like the black and gold Iron Man uniform that they have in terms of its, you know, its, its color profile, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. The actual... The color and the design of it kind of work for me, but Greg Land is just not good at showing it in action. And a lot of times what it comes down to is we get the same shot over and over and over. You know, he'll invert it or he'll rotate it just a quarter turn to try and make it look different. But it just doesn't necessarily come across as feeling particularly realistic. And when the, you know, the usual Triple H posing shot comes up, as it does on page 21, it really looks out of place on Iron Man. So as I go through this book, I feel like it could have been so much more with a different writer, or excuse me, with a different artist to try and realize what this writer was doing. And at the end, there is a great big reveal as one of the knights takes off her helmet and reveals her face. But I don't know who she is. Because Greg Land's... Oh, my God, it's Pepper Potts. I was going to say. <laughs> Pepper Potts is a bad guy? Is it? Let, wait, let's look. It's a girl with red hair. Oh, my God, it's Pepper Potts. Oh, my God, you're Ethan Hawke. I don't know. 
I have no idea who it is. And when I get to the end of the issue, that bothers me. It, it may be Maya Hansen, who is the woman who uh, supposedly died last issue and her extremist technology was taken, which would be a pretty interesting dun, 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 at the end because her murder set him off on this, this whole thing and now she's unmurdered or something. Wait, who's I'm the, not who's sure. The... I like that it feels kind of seat of your pants. Yeah. It feels very Robert Downey Jr. kind of, ooh, I'm Iron Man, but I have no plan. And a woohoo. But I can only give it three slices of meatloaf because visually it is awkward and stiff. And there's a sequence where Iron Man's armor is suddenly being modularly upgraded. But there's no setup before or after to let me know where or how it's being modularly, if that is in fact the word upgraded. It just sort of starts happening. So I, I I guess for me, you know, this is a book that has a lot of potential. And at the end of six issues, when they change artists, as Marvel seems to do, I think it's probably going to be a more successful series with a different artist. All right. All right. That's Iron Man number two out last week from uh, Marvel Comics, obviously. Out this week from Image Comics is the second installment of MacGyver, Fugitive Gauntlet. Written by Lee David Zlotoff, one of the creators or the creator of the MacGyver series, and Tony Lee. Um, this continues picking up uh, as MacGyver and, uh, and uh, I don't know, the um, Interpol agent that he befriended in the last issue are on the, uh, are tracking down or trying to track down the stolen genetic code of uh, MacGyver's late, uh, one of his many late professors. <laughs> Man, this guy. Late. MacGyver, I, I wonder how he ever graduated college because, you know, one year he was a physics major and he learned all this advanced quantum physics and mechanical engineering stuff. And then another time he was taking all these bioengineering classes or biology classes. So now he has this friend who created this code that will allow plants to grow in seawater. But, oh, he's dead. And then as this issue kicks off uh, or one of the events in this issue, uh, they're in Cairo because that's where the bad guy is headed. And he goes and visits his old friend, because when he was in Caltech, he studied archaeology. Mm -hmm. <laughs> either this guy, either MacGyver Under has Professor a million Henry degrees. Jones. Well, he does say the, the closest thing to Indiana Jones you'll ever ever meet. Um, but it's just Maybe like, how many places? You get an A when your professor is killed, just like if your roommate is Oh, killed. maybe that's what it is. I, it's does, like, does how many ever degrees say, did MacGyver okay, ever get? Does he ever say that he graduated, though? No, I don't I don't know. He probably did at some point in one of the many episodes. See, because that's what I'm saying is maybe... He was so bad, he yeah, bounced he, around. Yeah, from, he, he, spent, he spent eight years in college, yeah, yeah. one year each at a different major just picking up like random things along yeah. the way because that's what he does anyway he just kind of does like has this like piecemeal knowledge of everything mm -hmm. uh meanwhile the chinese government starts to get after him and and uh, his companion uh because they're the ones that were funding the late professor's project and they think that he's the one that stole the code think that macgyver stole the code so they're tracking him down big motorcycle chase scene through the uh, streets of cairo MacGyver pulls some MacGyverisms by taking some like uh, kiwi fruit and nails and creates dragon uh, fruit. Was dragon fruit. Yeah, it's dragon fruit dragon and some fruit. nails. <laughs> Throws them out into the uh, pursuing truck and uh, blows up their tires. Um, meanwhile, 
we discover that uh, they track down the person who stole the code and killed his professor. He's already dead in his hotel room. Somebody comes running out. They chase him down. Turns out to be the Russian Interpol agent's brother. But she swears up and down that he's not the real killer. Uh, And then, of course, there was a hit placed on MacGyver in the very opening pages of the first issue. And so we see yet another person from MacGyver's past come out to try to take him down. A lot of things going on in this. uh, I think it's a five-issue mini. Matthew and I reviewed the first issue on uh, a dueling review about a month ago. And it was pretty good. This one continues to be okay. But it felt a little worn. Um, I think it had some, you know, some obvious, oh, well, the person that killed uh, this guy is your brother. How convenient. Uh, It's just some various things that just seem implausible, unlike MacGyver, which was always very plausible as a TV show. Um, MacGyver Fugitive Gauntlet number two. Still worth checking out. I'm still on board. I want to see how this ends because I still think that the man that uh, will reveal himself at the very end is is will be MacGyver's arch enemy. Uh, but I'm going to give this one three and a half slices of meatloaf out of five worth picking up, but uh, it's not groundbreaking or earth shattering. So that's MacGyver. Fugitive Gauntlet number two out this week from Image Comics. Art a little wonky in places. Uh, just perspectives where like the nose doesn't quite line up in a three quarter profile mm-hmm. looking down that kind of stuff. Uh, but overall, not bad. All right. Uh, when we're going to get to the uh, major spoilers poll of the week here in just a second. Um, but uh, one of the things that uh, we had down as the poll of the week this week is video games. And Rodrigo spent some time traveling during the holidays. We were just talking about that. Um, one of the things that some of the people voted on was indeed playing video games while they travel. And this week, Rodrigo has picked up yet another video game. I, I, I will tell you this now, Rodrigo. My son will probably... Uh, kick your butt now in Punch Quest. Oh, certainly. Because he's been playing that nonstop since I'm, you mentioned it. Yeah, I'm pretty much stuck in Punch Quest. Knights of Pen and Paper. Knights of Pen and Paper. Now, is it K-N-I-G-H-T-S? Yes. For Why the is it called iPad. the Knights of Pen and Paper? Um, you see, it is a video game that replicates kind of that tabletop experience, Um, but... Uh, replicates it in a very tongue-in-cheek way. Oh, okay. Um, you play, it's like you play a and d session mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. You are kind of simultaneously the game master and the players. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of go through the story and you can add a, like, it's like you get into a fight and as the dungeon master, you can add more villains to the encounter or just... <laughs> Initiate an encounter where there is none, mm-hmm. um, and as the players, you fight it, kind of stuff. It's it's a really interesting dynamic. Um, there's a lot of just really funny stuff. First off, you pick like when you're making it, you pick your players, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, a jock or a nerd or like a pizza delivery guy uh-huh. or like a little brother uh-huh. or like that nerdy girl or whatever it's just like so first you pick the person then you pick what class they're playing and based on like the person they get a power yeah and then based on the class they get like abilities oh okay um as you go you can spend money to add things to your table and actually change out what the table is so you can play on like a wooden table or you can play on like a glass table <laughs> and the glass table gives you bonuses and stuff. Yeah. It's just like 
there's it's like really weirdly customizable. Yeah. Um and you know the the game does make this claim to kind of like allow you to change and customize things but in the end it does have a straight up like linear storyline. Mm-hmm. Um now, now is it a is it like a regular like uh I'm look I was looking at the trailer for this. It looks kind of like the um not Legend of Zelda but the what's the other Final um, Fantasy. Final Fantasy. It looks like it, the old Game Boy Final Fantasy. It, it has a lot of Final Fantasy influences. It has a lot of video game influences. It has a lot of tabletop influences. And it's made to feel like a homebrew campaign where the dungeon master didn't necessarily come up with the best names possible for things. Again, oh, okay. everything's very tongue-in-cheek. Very early on in the game, you actually fight the developers of the game. <laughs> <laughs> um and so, you know, there's a lot of jokes like that. But I mean, that. is there an actual story? There is a story um, that you can you can try and follow it closely, but uh, it's it's a game that kind of requires, a, at least, you know, maybe I'm not very good at it, a certain amount of grinding. Mm, yeah. Um, which the game encourages. It's like, oh, go create your own adventure over here. But in the end, you do kind of have to circle around to the actual storyline to advance. Mm-hmm. Um. It's really interesting. It's a it's a really weird take on on tabletop gaming, uh, but it's really interesting. There's a couple of things that are weird about it. Like you, everything revolves around money, both right. the stuff inside the game and outside the game. Mm-hmm. So I started playing it, and I was like, "Well, I want to have more people in my party." Mm-hmm. So I couldn't find a way to buy more players, like literal players for my party. So I had to start over. But the money carried over, so I was like, okay, I'll just buy more players now, so now I have a three-person party. Oh, do you start Um, out with just one? You start with two. Oh, okay. So I I scrounged up enough money to buy a third player and then start it over, and you know, I'm not going to do that. it's the same game again? Yeah, it's the same game. Um, I'm not going to do it over because that just would take forever, and I'd Mm -hmm. probably lose interest. Um, You know, it's, it's really interesting. It's really... It's a it's a good take. The gameplay is a little repetitive. Like you can be like like they'll be like, "Oh, you can go on a quest to escort someone somewhere." And I'm like, "Okay, cool." Or it's like, "Here's a quest. You know, kill five rats." You know, you're like right, your right, standard right. stuff. So I'm like, "Okay, I kill five rats." And then it's like, "Okay, here's another sample quest you can go on. You can escort someone somewhere." So you take them there and then when you get there, you fight monsters mm-hmm. and then they finally get there. So in the end it all boils down to that very basic RPG style turn-based fight. Right. That can get a little bit repetitive. Um so, you know, I'm not super far along in the game. There might be other places where you can customize for again, there's just like tons of stuff that you can change, mostly about stuff that's not actually related to the actual game. It's like the weird meta stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the table that you play on, if you have any pets around. No, they'll knock like it over. the the decorations in in the room are important. Yeah, so uh, it's it's uh, it's kind of weird, but um, yeah, I mean, and the art is very like the art direction is very eight bit, very mm-hmm. Final mm-hmm. Fantasy like original Final Fantasy kind of looking stuff. Yeah, um, clearly on purpose. There are enough grammatical errors in the text that to make me say that if that makes any sense yeah, to, yeah. to include in a review right so that's kind of weird i don't know if this was made by people who are foreign 
and translated, or, or if it was made oh, in a different country and translated, or if us. it was just made by somebody whose mm-hmm. English was not his first language, right. or her first language, or what the deal is, or just somebody, or someone, just enough. Someone helped them bust the bomb. Right. Or, or someone, or, or just enough grammatical errors have slipped by that it's an issue. Um, all in all, it's a fun game. I think if you have a normal person's attention span, mm-hmm. you will probably enjoy this a lot more than I have because I'm in it for the customization and to do that I need to kill a lot of bats Mm -hmm. so I kind of get stuck on that and it becomes a little annoying I'm going to give this three and a half slices of meatloaf it is probably worth the all of like one or two dollars that I paid for it it's what a buck ninety nine or something. Yeah, something like that. That doesn't sound too bad. No, it's really do you, not. Do you look for? I mean, do you like playing these kind of games? Is this kind of up your alley? I mean, you play so many tabletop uh, Dungeons um, and Dragons well, type games. I mean, does does Final Fantasy interest you? It does. I do like turn based um, strategy games and turn based uh, kind of battle games. You're, you're what you think of what you might think of as role-playing games you know final Mm -hmm. fantasy chrono trigger earthbound all of those games Mm -hmm. i really like them um i uh recently i bought um breath of fire something i want to say breath of fire 2 for the uh on the on the wii marketplace Mm -hmm. whatever it's called good lord that game is hard (laughs) oh my god it is so difficult and it gives you nothing Nothing. Old NES RPGs yeah, yeah. and Super NES RPGs were so hard. <laughs> and just like, they just give you nothing. It's like, you're supposed to guess that you're supposed to go into that house. You're supposed to go into every freaking house until you figure out that that's the house you have to go into. Yeah, and yeah. then the plot can advance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, you're just attacked by monsters every second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, how did I ever put up with this? Do you do you look for those kind of games though on your on the iPad and through the I, iTunes store and I do I do I do I, I look for these and actually this was recommended to me by one of my one of the uh, one of our followers on Twitter uh, so thanks for that um, and uh, she's like oh yeah you like this and I'm like yeah I probably will uh, and I do look for these <laughs> I'm like we don't what? remember her name but it'll be fine uh, no I do remember her name uh, it's Relly but. Um, she told me about it, and I was like, cool. But uh, I do look for these. The problem is that with the iPad, everybody's so enamored of what the iPad can do, and that's fine. Right. That a lot of these games, like I, I started playing, was it Saturday Morning Adventures or something like that? It's a really popular RPG. Oh, really? And it's all about, it's just so about 80s nostalgia. Like, you're basically a, a cool guy fighting, for all intents and purposes, Cobra Commander. And, and Cobra, and you get powers by putting uh, scratch and sniff stickers on your Trapper Keeper. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of scratching that yeah, goes yeah. on. Oh, onto your yeah, onto your oh, iPad. That's kind of so a neat way I, I kind of want a game that I can either get really into with my face in the game, or play while I'm watching TV. Mm-hmm. Like I, I kind of want a game that will allow me to go back and forward between those levels of attack, like of of um immersion let's say yeah yeah so that one that one required a lot of work and a lot of thinking because it was time-based and you had to do your scratching in a certain amount of time and then you had to pick things this one you know if you don't touch it the game doesn't advance so that's nice right but i think it also you know when i'm like okay time to video game play um it makes for a slightly more tedious experience Mm -hmm. so you can't have it all right 
Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Only but, there is a way uh, to get World of Warcraft on your iPad. Right. But, All my productiv- well, but, productivity but, would go down the top. But uh, World of Warcraft <laughs> is a game that you need to pay attention to. I guess yeah. you can just set your character to mine things. Oh, yeah. It'd be so for six hours. That. That'd be great if you could do that. Uh, okay. So there's some reviews, and you can head over to Majorspoilers.com. More reviews over there from uh, all of our great uh, reviewers, all of our writers that uh, are doing things for us, including a brand new uh, review <laughs> from uh, Chris Wilson on the uh, Minimum Carnage, for those of you that are following that from from Marvel. That is over there. <laughs> so, and a lot more. You might even want to check out, if you're, if you're not into the big two or five, depending on how you classify the uh, the big publishers there are. The big seven. Yeah, there's five. I mean, what do you got? Image, IDW, Dark Horse, Marvel, and DC. Um, we do have another site, minorspoilers.com, where we post uh, stories specifically from the smaller publishers, reviews from small publishers, or um, hard-to-find publishers. Uh, so we've got those over there. You might want to check that out. And uh, a whole lot more. Also, don't forget if it is the holiday season, we mentioned a moment ago about SlashLoot.com. Another way that you can help us out, and I want to thank everyone who's made purchases this last week through the Amazon.com link over at Majorspoilers.com. A lot of people going in, uh, doing their holiday shopping. Some of you who are buying thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of stuff. uh, That is really great that you're doing that, and thank you for going through... uh, through our website and through our link for that, because that a uh, little bit of that that uh, purchase comes our way. Now you're not charged extra, obviously, but if they're charging, you know, a thousand dollars on something, you're still paying a thousand dollars, but a portion of that sale comes back to us, and it helps us uh, do great things and helps us uh, continue to move forward. Someone um, sent us a, a voice message um, earlier this week and said, "Hey, if I go through the, your link and I go to a third party website to a totally different website." Do you guys still get credit? No, it's only through purchases that you make through the Amazon store. So there are a number of people who sell their products as third-party companies through Amazon. And as long as you're checking out through Amazon, we get a share of that. But if you're having to actually go to a third-party site, we don't get any of those right. sales. And and for most of that, pretty, pretty much for all of those, you should be able yeah, to yeah, check yeah. out through Amazon. Yeah, if you can check Unless, out through Amazon, we get that conversion. I mean, sometimes third-party sites don't sell all of their catalog right. through Amazon. Right. So if you're like, oh, I really want these mittens in red and they only sell them through their site, you know, yeah, you're going to go through that. their site and then we're not going to get anything yeah, out yeah. of that, which, you know, you know, do your shopping and stuff. Right, right. But, oh, yeah. But uh, if you can, and if I, I know uh, uh, Scroll Brian was telling everybody at his Thanksgiving to uh, go to Major Spoilers and click on the Amazon.com link there. And at this time of year, it is greatly appreciated. Okay. Reviews are done. Plugging for it's merchandising. Oh, there we go. Whoa. Somebody's on on top of things. Pow. Almost like he's <laughs> moving quickly. With the speed of Mercury. <laughs> oh, by the way, the, the interruption was all you were going to get. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So uh, this time it is the major po- spoilers poll of the week. <laughs> And uh, between now and probably mid-January, I think there's a lot of travel going on, whether it be for Thanksgiving, whether it be for the uh, the winter solstice holiday season. Right. Uh, and all life those. Day. Life Day. <laughs> the you Festivus gotta, tree. you got to go like 30 parsecs to go to. Yeah. One of my favorite holidays. Uh, and then, of right. course, people coming going from college and universities and all that stuff that mm-hmm. start up and start down about mid-January. A lot of people do traveling. And whether you're in the air or whether you're riding in a car or whether you're in a plane or a train or a bus or whatever it may be, there's some downtime. I mean, if you've got to drive to uh, from here to Denver, for example, 
poor Zach's got to be in a car for five hours. Yeah, I know. Or the way I drive, two and a half hours. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah, I got pulled over last week. Yeah. Um, luckily, he's like, oh, well, I just live a block away from you. Here's a warning. <laughs> <laughs> so that was nice. Ah. Um, um, but we want to know, how do you occupy, occupy yourself while traveling? This was a Zach question this week. Do you read? Do you listen to music? Do you play games? Do you sleep? Uh, I, uh, are you behind the wheel and thus you're focusing on arriving and not being able to participate in a lot of those other things? Or do you do something else? Zach, this was your question. What do you do? Well, it actually depends uh, where I'm traveling with. But since we're uh, doing this in the holiday season, I'm going to assume I'll be traveling for holiday reasons, which means I'll be with my family, which means I won't have to drive because I am not old, don't have my own family to myself. So my dad's driving. And that means I'm going to be reading. Uh, I don't listen to music with them because they don't like good music. And, <laughs> uh, they listen. They listen to things like Sticks and Rolling Stones <laughs> yeah. and Chicago. Uh, they don't listen to. I generally have to sit in the. I generally get to sit shotgun now since I finally grew up. <laughs> since yeah. you have to sit in the and I'm uh, the second tallest in my family now. <laughs> I get the adequate leg room. So okay. I don't get to watch the movie with my little siblings in the back. Uh-huh. So, yep, now that I, now I, this will be my first holiday, first Christmas with my iPad. Oh. So much reading will be had. All right. Reading for Zach. What about you, Rodrigo? Uh, well, if it's traveling, when I'm traveling home, and usually mm-hmm. that, that involves flying, I do a lot of reading and a lot of listening to music. Um and so that's kind of when I catch up on the comics that I've been meaning to read. Mm-hmm. Usually I will, like, it's funny because before Christmas, I will buy some trades right. that I've been meaning to get back into. And then I will read them on the way there. And then if I don't get all the way through them on the way back. So now that you have an iPad, is this your first holiday, major holiday with I an think iPad? So, yeah. So are you buying more trades now digitally or are you still carrying around I, a stack of Ultimate Spider-Mans? And I, I've been, I, I was, I've been buying them um, physically, I think just because I haven't really gotten into the habit of buying them digitally. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is like, I'll, I'll be like, oh, it, you know, ho- or it's, I'll be like in Hastings, which right. is our, you know, media type store. Um, and, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I was uh, excuse me, um, and I'll I'll see something. And I'm like, oh, I've been meaning to get back. I I, I always wondered what uh, this whole uh, thing about the fables and the fables town right, that they right. live in was right. about. So I'm like, oh, I will buy volumes one and two, and I will read them when I get home. Okay, so reading for Rodrigo. Home. Yes. What about video games? Not so much. Um. Yeah, the iPad has facilitated that because I have like this past uh if you if you go back a few uh, weeks to the last time that I wasn't around probably mm-hmm. that might have been football but the time before that uh no, no no the last time I wasn't around I was traveling yeah, wedding. and I yeah. I was yeah I I went home for a wedding and I did have my iPad and I did play some video games um when I'm traveling with the family we we do a lot of listening to music yeah um and you know my family is actually a band right so we a lot of the time we sing along so it's like you have to like pick something that everybody's gonna want to sing to and my dad is like let's listen to 
Sticks or Chicago. <laughs> and my sister's like, no, let's listen to Daddy Yankee. And we're like, no, we'll throw you out of the car. <laughs> but she's got kids now, and they're, like, really strong. Yeah. So she can, like, sick them on us, and then it's, like, a whole fight back there. So, like, fight is another good one that I do during the holidays okay. uh, when I'm traveling. Okay. Matthew, what about you? Matthew must have turned his button on to mute. Yes. Yep. Maybe this is one of his disappearing yeah, tricks. Oh, yeah, this doing. is one of his yeah. magic disappearing yeah. acts. If, if you, you, you could hear him, like... Oh, I thought that was mic. Zach uh, banging around there. Oh, I, anyway. I did make a noise. Yeah, yeah. That was just because of Hastings. <laughs> Not that noise. <laughs> I'm certain that wasn't Matthew. Uh, so what do I do whenever I... Tra- well, I am the one that's behind the wheel. And so my focus is really on arriving alive. And because of... I personally don't like, we've got a media center, kind of like what your family does, Zach, Mm -hmm. in the car. And so I don't mind that the kids are watching, they're watching a movie on on the DVD entertainment system. Or this time, because of travel, we decided to activate the hotspot on my iPhone so that they could stream some movies onto their iPads. Mm -hmm. And that was fine. That wasn't a big deal. But when they're watching something on the DVD, I don't like them with the young ears putting on the headphones and cranking it up and listening. Right. Uh, so that has to play through the entertainment system. Oh. So, you know, for years, for about a year and a half, I knew all the words to, you know, the the Leapfrog movies. Never had seen one. So I'm driving in the front imagining what all this <laughs> crappy or great animation was like. And therefore, the first time I actually saw it, I was like, this is what it is? Oh, that's not <laughs> the way I imagine it. So uh, I don't get to put in earbuds and listen to my iPod, uh, my iPod or anything like that. Um, so usually I'm behind the wheel focusing on arriving alive and imagining all these leapfrog characters <laughs> talking about the litter factory and, and, and the animation is just way better. In your I, head. I, I honestly thought it was like when I first pictured it, I thought this was like paper cutouts uh-huh. kind of animation uh, kind of stuff. Right. And it just kind of felt that way. And then or maybe some silly like, sock pop, puppet kind of stuff. Right. And then it was just like really basic CG. Uh, well, it's not too bad animation. I mean, it's pretty mm-hmm. smooth animation. Um, there's some plot holes, obviously, and, and other stuff <laughs> because there's not a there's not a through continuity through all of the right. The important thing the is series. delivering information to babies. Yeah, and you know what? I I honestly believe the boy is much smarter off because he knew his alphabet real early on. Mm-hmm. He knew the sounds early on. He watched the math ones and knows math a lot better because of the leapfrog. But uh, when I used to travel, I used to travel coast to coast from Atlanta to uh, California a couple of times a year when I was mm-hmm. living in California. And then it would be, I'm putting on music and I'm reading a book and I would read through like the Illuminatus trilogy in a six hour flight right, right. and uh, that kind of stuff. So that's me. I'm behind the wheel. That's my focus is on. You, you take the off. opposite uh, stance that my parents always did with the entertainment system is like, we don't want to listen to your stupid well, crap. You know, so we don't care if you damage your hearing. With the boy, life. as he's older, I, you know, I basically, if he was going to do it, yes, he can put the headset on. Mm-hmm. But generally, the sidekick is interested in watching the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And he's not even two yet. And I don't want him putting yeah. on headphones. Um, just call me crazy, but I don't. And so when they both get older, it's going to be like, you kids turn off your... <laughs> Your craptastic stuff. Although some yeah. of them, you know, some of the stuff they're watching, I don't mind listening. Yeah. To. I mean, I'm I'm sure there. If they're be. if they're watching a Disney thing, I like listening to that. It it goes. Look, it works both ways. I'm sure that as they get older, they will like some of the music you like, even though they won't tell you because you're no, old and they stupid. won't like sticks. Um, and <laughs> on yeah, 
and simultaneously there will be stuff that they're into that you'll be listening to that that, that you'll actually like but you can't tell them because otherwise you will like quote unquote their crappy right, right, right. new yeah. their <laughs> crappy new dub techno uh is it gun gunman style that's i'm Gangnam. sexy and Gangnam i'm sexy style. and i know it no which one is that one? Oh my god, he just said something that's, so old. That's uh, no, that's uh, that's LMFO. Um, yeah, LMFO. Oh, he was listening to that the other day, and he's like, LMFO. Oh, laughing my effing ass off. Um, L. That's what that's what LMFA. That's what it is. Laughing my effing ass off. Yeah. Um, but he's like, he gets the words all messed up, and he's like, I'm 60, and I know it. Yeah. I'm like, okay, little old man, that's fine. That should be fun. Which, yeah. which you can totally picture that Six Flags guy dancing to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matthew has returned from his uh, whatever he Freaking was doing. What do, you, what do you do during your uh, driving time, Matthew? Well, and my daughter has recently pointed out that I am the Red Ranger, and the Red Ranger is always in charge of piloting the Zord. So generally, in fact, almost all the time when we're traveling, I'm the, I'm the pilot. So I have the option of taking a nap, but then that generally ends badly. Unless I'm in western Kansas. Because, you know, if your alignment is good, you can just set that cruise control in Salina and not have well, to wake up till Colby. You have a $600 car, so I'm imagining <laughs> that you're awake the entire time. I'll have you know I've upgraded. Now it's a $650 car. Uh-huh. It's oh. like 10 cars. <laughs> or perhaps. Uh, how did the rest of the major Spoilers Nation vote? I'm showing 135 votes and a whopping 30% read comics, books, and or et cetera. I don't know if you can read and et cetera. I think you just kind of have sure to stare at Newspapers, it. Newspapers, magazines. When I was a kid, I always thought it was pronounced ectic, which I think is a much cooler word. No. I'm Agent Ectic of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hi All there. right. Everyone, you can go over to Majorspoilers.com. You can cast your vote. 29% are driving. <laughs> And when we come back, we will get to, or we will attempt to answer, who is Jake Ellis? So please stick around. Greetings and salutations, major spoilers. It's just me, Cat Halo, back again with a couple of thoughts. Saw a movie recently that will likely prove quite divisive, The Master. This is a movie with some truly amazing performances. Wacom Phoenix, who will always be Leaf to me, PSH and Amy Adams each give performances that will likely garner tons of awards. Problem is, the movie has no discernible plot, and the characters, while brilliantly portrayed, are ultimately not terribly nice. This movie is pretentious for pretension's sake. It's the Emperor's clothes. Those who want to like it will like it. And while the performances are, as I said, brilliant, and the movie is quite well shot, I kind of like some plot in my movie pie, but... As a wise philosopher once said, your mileage may vary. With the season that's in it, and the fact that I am a massive Christmas nut, I've begun watching seasonally appropriate movies. The Polar Express, watched it the other night, it's quite magical, but the uncanny, uncanny valley can be quite an issue. My personal favourite for the season is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Watch this movie a couple of times a year with my dad and not necessarily just at Christmas. This movie still cracks me up, and the fact that my dad is quite similar to Clark W. Griswold in this flick is no coincidence. I'm really looking forward to Rise of the Guardians this weekend, and my thoughts will likely follow. On comic news, um, I've just finished reading Identity Crisis, and I love this book. It's not really what I was expecting, and it's all the better for it, and it now resides amongst my favourite books 
of all the times. And I will leave it there. Um, thanks again for all your time. And if you have the time, you can follow me on the Twitter at Cat Halo Movies. Cheers, guys, and have a great week. Oh, and belated happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much to uh, Cat Halo for calling in that uh, review. Too bad it wasn't to his liking, or maybe it was to his liking. I forget. I wasn't paying attention. We were having another discussion on dragonfly fruit. <laughs> dragonfruit! Dragonfruit! Let's talk about who is Jake Ellis. Dragonzord. Dragonfruit. <laughs> A modern noir package that is not to be missed, said another website that is not major spoilers. A site that no longer <laughs> plays music on their television station says they couldn't put it down. John Monroe, or John Moore, is a mercenary spy on the run, protected only by Jake Ellis, a man invisible to everyone except John. The first five issues of Who is Jake Ellis have been collected in trade, and that is what we are reading this week on the Major Spoilers podcast. Yeah, I thought that this was going to be a really short book about a guy making coffee and then <laughs> being like, Jake Ellis, Jake Ellis. Who is Jake Ellis? Is your, your coffee's ready. All right. I just throw this out. <laughs> I uh, I didn't know what to expect into this going into this, and that's fine. It's one of the nice things about reading trades is to uh, expose ourselves to things that we haven't read before. You know, mm-hmm. things that are and not out of the tradition. Want us exposing ourselves? <laughs> well, yeah, especially you and your condition. Um, <laughs> but as I was saying, it is a good it is good to expose ourselves to different books, different titles, uh, different things. Doesn't always have to go back into the old and the stuff that. People have already read a hundred million times. Let's check out the new things. And so five issues of um, fairly fast reading as we follow uh, John Monroe and Jake Ellis or J- John, John Monroe, John Moore and Jake Ellis uh, as they try to track down um, what happened to them four years ago. And apparently John Moore was a CIA field operative, was kidnapped and held and fantastical experiments were run on him. I think then, they call them CI agents. I was a field agent, I think, is what his, his thing was. Central CI intelligence. Agents. Well, CIA agent is actually redundant. Yeah. Kind of. Be. Right. They call them CI agents. He's a CI agent. Central like Intelligence Agency agent. Right. Yeah. He's yeah. an agent of the Central Intelligence Agency. Right. Yeah. Uh, but he's a field operative. Field, just like, field just like FBI <laughs> investigators. And yeah, they're uh, called FBI agents. Right. Yeah. And FDA and administrators. FDM yes. Administrators. And PIN number and UMB bank. So he was having all sorts of weird tests that performed on him until mysteriously this shadow figure, Jake Ellis, pops mm-hmm. up and uh, they escape. And for the last four years, they've been on the run uh, doing odd jobs, stealing, yeah. becoming. Lots of bad stuff. Doing bad stuff, maybe good stuff. We don't know. Yeah. It opens with, uh, with them setting a guy on fire and jumping off a boat. Yeah, that's cool. The guy has some kind I of, Jake Ellis has some kind of a of precognitive. story opens, and that's my favorite part of it. What's that, that you don't know about anything? We don't know anything about the backstory. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. The story opens. Yeah, and that's kind of the, the big thing, is that you're drawn into this story of what's going on, because it starts out with this deal gone bad on a boat and everything blowing up, and then you back up 15 seconds, yeah. and now suddenly there's this voiceover saying, hey, Put the gun to that bottle and explode. It'll cause everything to catch on fire. Reach into the guy's pocket as you're running. And, oh, here's somebody about to shoot. Duck. And then 
you just kind of run on and you're like, well, who's this mysterious voice? Does he have some kind of earplug in his ear that's uh, conveying information, some spy satellite guy that's mm-hmm. uh, tracking his every move? No, it's some person that only... Shadow entity. Yeah, that only yeah. John can see that he's communicating with. And some people are like, what the heck is wrong with this guy? This guy's crazy. Uh, but that's not necessarily the the case as as the story progresses. Yep. So how does the story progress, Rodrigo? Well, so uh, these guys are after John, and he, um, so Jake leads him to safety, and he um, finds a waitress that he likes, and they go to the bedroom, and then some guys break in, and they're like, oh my god, they shot her in the head. Yeah, and they shoot her in yeah. the head, um, and he's like, oh no, why didn't you warn me? And eventually Jake is like, eh, because I kind of want to find out what's going on. Yeah, yeah. And Joe's like, dude, dude, come on. Mm-hmm. You are my brain. Didn't we agree on that? You're like and my brain or something. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not sure that I'm your brain. And there's this whole conversation where he's like, dude, I'm pretty sure you're my brain. It doesn't yeah. make sense. Unless- John, I like, I like John how they thinks have that, that this is some kind of figment of his imagination. Right. I, I like how they have the conversation that like we would have if mm-hmm. we had only read yeah. up to issue two. Right. They're like, I'm. It'd be like, Steven, I'm pretty sure that he's in his brain. And you're like, no, 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 it has be to some, be something some, else. Some implant. Because he like, he can tell stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's right. Like he's, like, he's like a ghost or yeah, something. he's a ghost in the machine. Right. And that's what so, I thought they were uh, yeah, doing. I like the main, that the, that the main characters of the book actually have that conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, do you understand what's happening? No. For a minute, Not I thought really. this, for a minute, I thought this series should have been called, who is Jake Gyllenhaal from the, uh. From that, uh, what was he, the informant, or what was the time travel movie? Oh. Where he went back eight minutes and trying to stop the train. Oh. Oh, no. I liked that movie. It was definitely not Paycheck. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was um, not. I just watched it a few weeks ago. IMDb. No, here's Zach. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, DB here's... got fired off the podcast when he threw an F-bomb. Is he in the box, too? <laughs> and then he parachuted off the top of the plane. I have no idea. I spelled Jillian. No one ever saw him. Starts again. with a G Y L L E N H A L. Gillen Really? If you. Oh, that's because I put Jack. <laughs> that's wrong. <laughs> totally off the road. Somehow I wrote in Bing Crosby and it won't tell me where I want to go. It's like his last, most recent movie. Yep. Bing Crosby's? It's called Source Code. Source Code, that's it. I kind of thought that that's what we were heading for yeah. in this movie. Because oh. it kind of all leads up to it because you see this operating table stuff going on in the flashbacks in mm-hmm. towards the end of issue two, I think is what it like is. Like you thought he was Jake Ellis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. It thought that, yeah, maybe he was tripping oh, this stuff yeah. and he's actually in somebody else's body right. and doesn't realize it right. uh, yet. Uh, but that's not the case. Uh, they eventually f- track down this mysterious entity, which we know nothing about. It's not affiliated with any government although right. for a long time we think that it's the u.s government and the u.s government is like whoa whoa we, the, yeah. yeah we're not doing do anything yeah, these this. guys are worse than us <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically that's the way it comes down to and then uh they get to the uh the secret lab and go beneath down 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 and find out the secret of well part of the secret of who is jake ellis mm-hmm. and they have some kind of weird mind body connection but nobody knows how or why, but we kind of know the who. And then they escape in the end happily ever after, right? Right. Yeah, kind of. Maybe not. Which kind of leads into the series, because, I mean, it's kind of the Jake Ellis character were kind of left 
what really happened? Right. What happened to John Moore? Right. We've got a whole other series going on now called Where is Jake Ellis? Um, I'm pretty sure we're going to have What is Jake Ellis? And uh, at some point, How is Jake Ellis? Right. Yeah, he's the, turns Which, out he's doing all right. <laughs> Whichever is Jake Ellis. Yeah. Matthew, what do you think of this story? This is not in I, your. This is not your uh, kind of a Marvel superhero kind of books that you like to read. All right, one more of those, and we're done. <laughs> <laughs> you got one more. All between the three of you, you got one more. You may want to split up the words. Um, no, I, I don't necessarily feel like I only read superheroes. I certainly have a superhero bias. Right. But then again, it's ninety-eight percent of the market. And I don't necessarily shun things because they're superheroes, because that's just anti-hipster douchebaggery, and that's you know that turns me into the bizarro hipster. But I liked this, Good. and I, I think the reason that I liked it is because we started out not knowing anything. We started out with this big action sequence, and then we go back, and then we see what really happened in the action sequence. And then we have the argument about, I'm pretty sure you're my brain. No, I, I don't know that I'm your brain. If you're not my brain, shut up, shut up, shut up! You know, he's arguing with what we may or may not know is not himself. And the art is just so pretty. Oh, my God. But all the way through it, the story makes sense. It, it gives us increments that make sense. And we have moments that I went, hey, wait a minute. If this guy really knows, then, oh, so he meant to do that. That's exactly how he wanted that to happen. There are a few moments when, um, and it's really odd, I have to go back and reread them, but there are moments when John hears Jake saying something, and he's like, mm -hmm. what? You know, like the patient is prone or something like that. And he's like, what? And then you hear Jake saying, oh, no, no, it's nothing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering if that is, you know, yeah. other people in the room, if that's bleed through. And so right. when, I, when that popped up the first time, I was like, oh, this is a, uh, because they were... Um, originally involved in some kind of remote viewing experiment. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of led me down this source code route that, oh, maybe that's what they're doing. Mm. Right. But yep. not how it turned out. Art-wise, I thought it was okay. Um, I really, the thing that I really got a big kick out of was the color scheme, yeah, how they would yeah. take certain elements of the book and it would go into that, um, not monochrome, or monotone, but it would go to a severe limited color palette where yeah. it's shades of gray plus a primary color. So right. you got red or yellow or purple. I think was in one of those. And then there's very the, much the, like when they're in the when they're in a club, like every oh panel, yeah, whenever like, it starts going into yeah, whenever yeah, like whenever the lot. music and kicks up, you, you almost get the rhythm of the music in yeah, that yeah. sequence yeah. because yeah. of mm -hmm. the color usage. I that was expecting really the the rave girls to come out with their twirly light pins and yeah, and that's kind of how that that went off. And it was, yeah, I, I yeah, really yeah, like yeah. the coloring. I really like the coloring in this book. The the art okay. for me wasn't like, I opened, like I turned to the first page, I'm like, uh, I'm, I, I really don't care for the art. Like, it's just like, there's just that type of art mm -hmm. that it is embodied in the book that I was like, Ugh. but I didn't think in the end it didn't really matter that much to me what the art was because the, like, the words and the story just had me going so fast that I didn't really like stop to really analyze art mm -hmm. whole much. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think looking back through it, I think the art's, well done. It's just not my favorite style in the world. See, all, all you guys who are like, oh, I love I love uh, the guy. What's his Spider-Man name's guy? Where everybody Humberto has big Ramos. feet, huge heads. Yeah. Oh, I love Humberto Ramos. And then you look at this and you're like, wow, I don't care for that. 
that is the exact opposite response of what a normal human being has because this <laughs> art is beautiful. The, wait, the, have, the, have you, the have you met good, any recently? <laughs> the art is good, Matthew, but I don't think it was. Beautiful. It's not on. It's not on par with. Um, it's not on par with Darwin Cook, who's done yes, this similar is. style. Um, it is. Um, I think it's better than Spider-Man Blue. Okay. So yeah. yeah, so it kind of floats around that area. But to be honest, a lot of the uh, some of the boom titles and some of the uh, dynamite titles, not all of them, but there's like one or two dynamite titles, and a lot of the boom titles that are not their hero related or fantasy related titles, um, kind of have this similar um rendering it's a, it's of characters a, it's a similar style but yeah. i would say i i would i would agree that the art on this was uh, i don't know recently we've seen we've done a, a handful of crime books and this right. one mm. i would say has the best art out yeah, of yeah. the one this is I've better than recently. this is better than the Sean Phillips criminal right yeah right. Yeah. yeah um this is and certainly what was, that, what was that other one with the guy and his stupid son that we did oh thief of thieves this I like this better than Thief of Thieves as yeah, well. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 definitely that. And I think a lot of that comes from, in my opinion, a lot of the coloring yeah. choices. Yeah. Um, but some of the renderings is very similar. So to me, yeah, it's good art. I wouldn't say it's the greatest art out there, but it's very good. Well, that's because you wanted everybody to have big feet and huge hair. <laughs> no, I don't. This, I mean, the, I like the Umberto Ramos. Art, the thing about this art that I love so very, very much is that it's not flashy it's not something that you look at it and go oh my god look at that awesome rendering there that that i mean you're not going to have that howard shaken moment where a woman's in lacy lingerie or a neil adams kind of yada da nobody can draw a superman like that it's really incredibly solid art and you don't realize how specific it is and how stylized it is until you look at something else because halfway through this book i started reading iron man and Iron Man's got awful. But the the work in this book that is so phenomenal is the stuff that you don't normally see in a comic book, where he's standing in the pawn shop. Just amazing blocking, amazing work throughout that. There is nothing that I look at it. You know, sometimes you go, oh, this guy goes, draws great faces mm-hmm. but has terrible anatomy. Or this guy does great right, landscapes right, right. but I don't this, care for the people. This. Or this guy has huge feet and draws everything ridiculously and makes Stephen love him. No, I think you're wrong, Matthew. I honestly think you're doing a mischaracterization there because I do like Humberto Ramos' art. But I also like a lot of other art styles, too. And I think you're trying to lump in, just like I was doing a moment ago, where you got all offended because I said Matthew only reads Marvel superhero books. The same way goes with the art here. And I think that's kind of unfair that if you're getting all uh, uh, critical about uh, what I've characterized as you, that you feel like you can do the same thing here with art for me. I'm saying this is good art. This is on the same par as the art that we're seeing in the current Hawkman, or not Hawkman, uh, Hawkeye series that I really, really, really liked. But I, I don't think that there's so. nothing, and I and honestly, go out and read a variety of other uh, titles from other publishers besides the big five, and you'll see a lot of this similar style or the similar take on this style appear in a lot of other places. That's why, to me, it's not that great of a deal or that big of a deal. It's still really good art. It's still really good art. But I don't think that this is the best art that's out there. That's what I'm getting at. It's good art. I think the thing that really helps us work 
better than some of the other pieces that we've seen is that they use the limited color palette. And again, if you look at the uh, Hawkeye book, you'll see that they also use that similar limited color palette, and it works really, really well. And that's my opinion. Now, you have a different opinion. Zach has a different opinion. Rodrigo has a different opinion on this. And they're all valid from their perspective. Rodrigo, did you weigh in on the art? Uh, yes, I liked it better than Thief of Thieves. Better than Thief of Thieves. What didn't you like about this series? Um, I think that, uh, you know, it turned out that I did kind of, I, I actually I saw the, I, I guessed the swerve, um, which isn't a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of rewarded me in a sense. So I, I mean, it's not that I didn't like it. I think that the, the, the issue with series like this is that you have to hope that the twist is palp is like palatable mm-hmm. to to the reader like you are putting a lot of expectation on the twist and if you don't like the twist then you're going to drop the series right where it is and again if the mm-hmm. twist comes at the end of the fifth issue or whatever or somewhere between issues four and five then you've already got five issues out of the deal but right you know somebody who didn't like that you know, who were like, oh, man, I really hope Jake Ellis is a ghost, and he turns out to not be a ghost. Mm-hmm. I don't know if those people are going to be on board for um, wherefore is Jake Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, what about you? Was there stuff that you didn't like? I would actually agree with Rodrigo in that, for me, the weakest part of it was the reveal. And when it comes to a reveal like that, it's it's... Well, first of all, it's always problematic when the, you know, the, the mystery is part of the story because half the group is going to say you dragged it out too long and half the reading public is going to say, no, you, you didn't reveal it soon enough. And you get into a really weird area where it's hard to effectively hit that twist. I feel like this book actually hit us with the twist too soon because I would have liked, you know, another page or maybe another issue or six of, the setup before we got the reveal. And I felt like the reveal makes perfect sense. The reveal is is consistent within the issue, oh, yeah. within the book itself. And it's uh, the thing that I do like about it is that it's consistent with the tone of the story. Because if you know, I thought it for a while, well are they doing a are they doing like a spy ghost thing? Yeah, yeah. And I didn't, you know, I didn't feel like if they added that paranormal element, it would really gel with what they were trying to do. So I liked the reveal of, you know, who is Jake Ellis? <laughs> Name drop, title drop. But I didn't necessarily like the reveal of the who is the Jake Ellis. And that's, you know, that's the weirdest part to me is I got to the end and it makes perfect sense and it works within the story. It, you know, it it gels, but I just... I didn't like where it necessarily ended up, and I'm I'm actually kind of wanting to pick up where is Jake Ellis just to see if we get more of the stuff that I liked. Because wrapping it all up and answering the questions, I think, kind of took some of some of the the wind out of the sails. You you didn't like that they revealed more of what was going on. I didn't necessarily like the. I don't know if it's a. a if I would say the pacing or the timing of the reveal, I felt like the reveal works in and of itself. I would have had it take a little longer to get there or maybe had, 
you know, they talk at the beginning of the issue about they've done things for four years. Right. I would have liked to see a little bit more of the four years of whatever they did before they went. And here's the here's the meat of the issue. Here's the hook. Now, granted, in today's market, if you don't know, you're going to get more than four issues. You kind of got to lead with your best stuff. Mm -hmm. And certainly they did that here. And I think that's what it is. I think that you don't they didn't know if they were going to get a second volume so they told what is essentially a complete story. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, the two of them limp off into the horizon is a good enough ending right, right. that you can just leave it there. You know, the, the, the book basically got picked up for another season. Mm -hmm. So now they get to do more. And if they had known from the beginning that they were going to have, you know, six seasons and a movie, they might have actually spread out a lot more. Which is kind of funny because that's when I read through this, I was like, oh, this is Alias. Oh, this is... So many just TV series right, of the right. weeks where the MacGuffin of who is Jake Ellis could be carried out for seasons after oh, seasons yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. before you hit the final two uh, uh, installments of this series in this but, book. But, you know, to a certain degree, I mean, you know, you always it, it always comes back to the writer and um, I'll, I'll give you a, a really, really awful and self-congratulatory example Every time we finish a season of Critical Hit, they mm -hmm. are like, what are you going to do next? Right, right, right. There is no possible way anything more could happen. And I'm like, yeah, there is. There's lots of stuff you can do with this. Right. Um, so, and it's the same thing here. It's like, well, they've told us who this guy is. What else can they do? And it's like, they can go do more capers. They can, mm -hmm. you can find out more about the organization. You can leave the organization behind for a season and watch them try to get from, where are they, like... Turkey or where did they end up Barcelona. there? Barcelona uh, yeah. is where Marrakech. he was at, and Marrakesh. Yeah, no, they end up where... in Marrakesh. Try and watch them try to get from Marrakesh to London, and that's the show. The mm -hmm. show is him and this guy with renal failure <laughs> trying to get to London. Like that's a movie. That's that's a, a five issue series right there. Right. One of them can talk to the other guy in his brain. Right. And yeah, that's a whole season. I mean, yeah, just chapter to chapter. There's yeah, enough yeah. for a season's worth oh, absolutely. of. of Oh, now we're stuck here. Let's help this young woman in need, or right, let's help right. this fan. You know those kind of tale of the week stuff that you yeah, can yeah, easily drive. Yeah, out. they can. They can yeah. go episodic. They, there's lots of things. You can yeah, do. I don't know. I don't. I, I guess there's so many people who are just like, oh, this is the greatest series ever, and all this stuff. And I was like, well, this is a really good good series, and I enjoyed the tale, but I can't really pinpoint my finger on why I'm not over the top is on this, this is this all the jake ellis stuff that no there there's is? the new series that's on now is the where is jake ellis yes. right and that what what issue are they on on that one, one? two right. oh two? one or two one, i think they're getting I think ready for came two. out in yeah, november yeah. yeah all right so i guess my surprise with this is that it seems that the the, the fans for uh the the jake ellis book are like it's it's just off of five issues right like i'm yeah. I, they are they are vocal I mean, it won an Eisner. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, that's one award. Is like, it's like it, people are way into it, and not having not having followed it so far, I was surprised to realize that there's only five issues of it. Yeah. And people are so into it, and I mean, that's cool. I'm not as into it as other people are, but I found it satisfactory in pretty much every way. Like, there was just nothing about this that I was like, uh, you know what, I would have done this differently, or ah, uh, that there's a plot hole there, or whatever. If there are, they are quick enough, and they kind of doesn't feel like there are because they tell you very little about the actual universe mm -hmm. 
Like it's just they just give you enough information that you're like, all right, well, that, I think that makes sense. And now people <laughs> yeah, yeah, are shooting yeah. at him. Okay, yeah. let's go. Yeah. Um, the uh, art in the Where Is Jake Ellis is very different. Um, it? It's by a different artist, totally. Mm-hmm. Same writer. Uh, also a five issue miniseries ongoing. Totally different color. Doesn't I mean it goes? It goes oh, in a wow. diff- totally different direction uh, as far as the art goes. Um, that some people may like. I don't know. Um, but they're certainly not connected uh, mentally as they are in here. There is one thing that I would have done differently, which is in this whole series. When they're in the club, I would have kept coloring Jake gray. A single color? Yeah. Yeah. The fact that, and you know, you can read stuff into the fact that he was affected by the lights in the club. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it would have been a much more, a much stronger statement to say, no, he's not there. Not Every good. time that John sees him, he's just like this drab silhouette. Which is also kind of creepy because... There's shots where he's making out with women and you know he's been making out with women for four years right. and all the time there's just Jake sitting there in the chair just watching like Morpheus yep. uh, yeah. from the sidelines. So, it, it, I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed this. Zach, was there anything that you didn't like? Um, No, I think like even what you guys said with the uh, twist at the end, I think that in my mind it it worked well because like they didn't the main characters in the entire book had no idea really how their connection was working or what it was or how it came to really how mm-hmm. it was happening at all mm-hmm. and so then to come to find out that even the people that tried to make it happen still have no idea how it's working like i yeah. still like that's kind of cool like it just randomly happened and the the fact that it's probably they'll never find out at this point because the doctor got blown away Maybe like, that's the thing that I don't like. I I like answers, and to have a MacGuffin that really has no reveal mm-hmm. uh, is really a letdown. I was uh, when Alias did that uh, with their red substance, whatever that was. I was really let down when Lost was well, going. You, in, you figure it out eventually because Spock uses it to travel yeah, yeah, back, back in time. In time. Um, and it's same creator, um, uh, <laughs> seriously, same, yeah, creator. Yeah, same creator and, uh, same way in lost when it started to show that, Hey, the MacGuffin is not going to be these MacGuffins that they're giving you aren't going to ever be answered. Mm-hmm. kind of loses its appeal. Well, but I there's a, a polar bear made of smoke who did it all. There's a, there's a <laughs> difference. Was. There's a difference between, no, they were all dead. Like this is the first issue oh, or the first sorry. volume of Jake Ellis. Eventually we might right. figure out what right. the deal is. Right. right. Yeah. Um, lost, it became pretty clear that they were just willy-nilly adding mysteries mm-hmm. and w- with each addition essentially just doing this gorgeous beautiful mosaic painting that you know just this radio painting that just backed them further and further into a corner right i think though that it was easy enough to let's erase the program without answering the program right. in this. That that maybe is my biggest disappointment in the book. Yeah, but you don't know that that's how. No, it's we don't. Go. And yeah. certainly, as it, I've read, yeah. as I flipped through very quickly now, this uh, copy of Where Is Jake Ellis? Mm-hmm. Um, it's clear that Jake Ellis is clearly not in any uh, mortal danger at the moment. Right. Right. Uh, so he that, stabilizes. Yeah. And this is taking place many, many, many months later after the following of this. And mm-hmm. he's still in the hospital. Right. Um, but um, it's not. Yeah, it suddenly becomes where where are these characters at? Um, 
So maybe that's my biggest disappointment in the book. Do I recommend this book? Yeah, I say pick it up. It's really good. It's not your superhero books. And I guess that's why I pick so many of these from the selection is mm-hmm. because we don't always need to read superhero books. Right. Uh, I just, it was amazing. I, I think the people that I order my comic books from are going to be are seriously angry at me right now because I used you, to have- You just slashed your order? I used to have literally- Whoa. Hundreds of dollars a month in books. You know, you, you ordered all of the new fifty-two. Well, yeah. I mean, at, at that point, yeah. But in the entire month, what was the month that was due, Matthew? February. I believe so. Yeah. I ordered five titles total nice. out of that entire oh. three hundred page catalog. That's five more than I did. I know, Cut and it's a gravy train. Well, yeah. I, I honestly think I put one of their kids through college, Matthew, with well, the, the with the orders that I was kid. doing. Well, I hope it wasn't the evil child. If you put a rotten kid through college, that wouldn't be. Well, usually if there's an evil one, usually they're a twin or they're close or enough they're the to, the, to the other I think one. The sidekick and they the end up one. going to evil dental school. Um, but again, Always I'm reading a lot of stuff school. more digitally. And so I'm not buying these physical copies, but I'm also not reading as many superhero books anymore. And more maybe, digitally. Yeah, more, more digital and a lot less superhero stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why I kind of want to make sure that people know. That there's more than just capes and tights that are out there for people to read. And so, yeah, I do recommend this book. Uh, I think there is enough mystery in there. I think there is enough adventure in trying to figure out and the getting to the point to that reveal where they're in the file room and they're suddenly like, oh, my God, Mm -hmm. you know, that is a cool moment to get to. And the end is a very nice parting shot. I mean, if there was not a second volume of this. That was a great parting shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I do recommend this book. I think it's really good. I don't think it's the best thing that I've read, but it's still really, really good. Zach, what's your final recommendation? Yeah, no, I think this is going to be people. I understand why people love this book. I got into it like they do that first opening thing where he jumps off the boat and then it goes right, 15 right. seconds back. I'm like, and then it does it again with his speech, like matching what he's telling him through his mind or whatever. I'm like, holy crap, this is going to be cool. And then I just blazed through this entire book. So, uh, yeah, if you're looking for not superheroes and, like, a really, like, you can blow through this book no problem time. Like, it's a fast read. You're going to get into it. It's good stuff. Yeah, it is a pretty quick read. It's only five five. five yeah, it's only five issues. So, however fast you read your comics on Wednesday could probably be yeah. you done with this entire thing. One one question. Were any of you thrown by after that last panel we were given a repeat panel or a repeat page? Yeah, I didn't, I figured that was a miss yeah, thingy I, with the copy we were given because otherwise it makes no sense. Yeah. I believe that's actually the inside was that the back, back page? cover. Okay, that's okay. all right. I and this was a this is a I, review copy from page. Image Comics, so right. I'm pretty sure that that last page is the inside back cover page, like that little inlay plate that they that's, have. Uh-huh. That's what I thought, but you know, it's so weird when you read it because yeah. then you're thinking, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah. And if you, because it takes you it's a moment to go over again, yeah, or right. yeah, it's started up again, and that propels you that you know that's your cliffhanger, but it's just a repeat page from before. Yeah, right. If you <laughs> look at the copy that we have, the front cover and the back cover are a wraparound, and they're right. at the front of the file. Right. And I'm almost certain that that's what happened here because that's, you know, pretty cool. Plus, hot naked girl some more. There you mm-hmm. go. Rodrigo, final thoughts on this book. <coughs> I found it very interesting throughout. I was, uh, you know, I'm not a, a big fan of crime books, mm-hmm. but this one had actually very little crime on it. It's like yeah. They basically just tell you that they've been uh, criming around Europe. 
and um, <laughs> crimering. I'm not sure that word means what you think it means. Um, and uh, then we just get into a a uh, an action movie in which a guy tries to break in somewhere and then there's a guy yelling at him in his do, brain. Do you like the Bourne identity? Have you watched any of those movies? I watched the f- I want to say I watched the first. I've certainly watched the first one. Okay. Um and probably the second one as well maybe. Okay. But mm, I don't know. There's just something about um like that sort of action movie where I'm like, well, nobody's a robot. And also, I can get better kung fu from other movies. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, there's like, and the spy stuff doesn't really interest me all that much. So I haven't, like, I, I, I haven't, I, I never pursue those movies. I mean, I like stuff with Jason Statham mm-hmm. sometimes, but I don't like actually seek it out. Like, if it's on TV or if I find it on Netflix, I will. But no, like the 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 spy action stuff is actually a genre that I'm not very interested. So not in. a big James Bond have, fan. Have not seen Quantum of Solace enough. Have not seen Skyfall. I went to see uh, Casino Royale because everybody was like New Bond, and you know I'm just always morbidly curious about the new Bond <laughs> to see what they're gonna do with it. Right, right. Um, and you know it turned out that Casino Royale was a good enough experience, boring in the middle, like every Bond film. <laughs> yes, I did say that, and it, and they are. They're so slow, but man, we're opinionated tonight. Let's yeah, I know. Fist fight. Yeah, I know. We we really should. Let's, like all four of us will just be, we'll just get get each other in a headlock <laughs> and see who passes no, out. No, we should first. go out to a bar as a foursome and just yeah. start cracking skulls. Yeah, we should. Yeah. work out some hostility. Like so, do you recommend this book? I do recommend this book. It was like as as uh, Zach said. Um, you know, it's like it's things start happening and I'm like, okay, eh, it's going to be, you know, cool guy does crime. And then, you know, they dial it back and you see it again. And I'm like, all right, you have my attention. Yeah, good. And they kind of didn't lose it throughout. So, yes, I would recommend this book. Matthew, what about you? Final thoughts here. I think that artistically, this is a phenomenal book because it's very seldom that I use the phrase theatrical as regards Mm -hmm. comic book art and actually mean it in a good way. This five-issue series feels like a movie, not a movie pitch, not a movie script. It feels like a fully done movie, and it still has successful individual issue chapters that work as comic books. Mm-hmm. It has everything that you need to know. It even has you know, a, a wrap-up that I'm not entirely satisfied with, but I can live with, because the, you know, the end of one foundation doesn't mean the end of all the foundations. But more importantly, it does something that I haven't seen a hundred times before. It's not, you know, it's not Ocean's Eleven in comic form, or it's not the Bourne identity with Hawkeye in place of uh, Jason Bourne. It's something that has influences. It has things that affect it, stuff that it's similar to, stuff that it's based on, certainly, but nothing that you go, okay, I'm pick- because of this influence, I'm going to tell you that this is happening next. I didn't necessarily see the ending coming because it felt like they weren't necessarily giving us clues to figure out what the ending was, but they were taking us on a, a journey with these two characters and having some entertaining moments with it. And again, I think that this artist is phenomenal, phenomenal. I'd like to see more work from him and or her. Uh, artist name is Tunchi, I believe, which I don't know if that's a man or a woman. 
I also did the art on Marvel Divas a few years ago, so you got that going for it. I highly recommend this. I think you should, you know, at least check it out. It's that interesting. It's got me going, ooh, this is amazingly awesome. Yeah. And I'm kind of a hard sell. Cool. All right, everybody, that wraps it up for this issue. Thank you for downloading and listening, being part of the Major Spoilers Experience. Next week, oh, Matthew had mentioned Armor Wars earlier in the podcast. Well, guess what? We're going to go back to 1987 or whatever year it was. Are we? Yeah. I'm going to get on my uh, my uh, my cool hair uh, with the with the with the horns uh, on on either side yeah. and then the big bangs down the yeah, center. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. a bright red jacket. Yeah. I'm going to jump back into a uterus. <laughs> We're going to be looking at wow. Iron Man <laughs> Armor Wars. Wait, why? What, what year again? Yay. I think it was 87. No, no, I, was, I, was, I was already out. Nice. Nice. Why? Because we know that you love comics. We do, too. And uh, we'll talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Majorspoilers. Batman's written vision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as that comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. Yeah, what a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Oh, wait, I think I found a better way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just buzz through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the would deal with all those tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I bag and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. Would I really even need to keep up on all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being caught up in a fun bee in the Middle East with a king set the Spoilers is copyright 2012.